0: You can find them at megavoice.com, or you'll find a link in the show notes. And I would encourage you to just check that out and see if maybe that's a fit for your giving. There's no compensation here or anything like that. I just wanted to highlight them. And with that, I'll get you back into the regular program.
1: Looking for a way to cut through the red tape and give aid directly to specific needs? We'll talk about that and more. This is the Engaging Mission Show, episode 183 with Gret Glyard. Welcome to the Engaging Mission Show, where we are bringing missions home. Here's your host, Brian Ensminger.
0: I'd like to say thank you to our engaging announcer, Scott McClelland, and also to you for joining us. I am so glad that you're here. We want to provide a way for thousands of people to hear a message, make a connection, and take action. This week, we're going to be talking about a way to donate directly to specific needs, what goes into building an app, and what's coming soon with donorcy, and, and a whole lot more than that. We're also going to hear a little bit from Brian's Brian Hogan's book, There's a Sheep in My Bathtub, as his family was preparing to enter Mongolia. This will take us back a few years. We're also going to talk a little bit about what you need to know about Muslims. This will be using resources from Global Initiative. And I do want to mention that I'm right in the middle of a fundraiser for them. I'm believing God for $4,000 to help fund their ministry so that they can continue to provide resources like what we're using for this today. I also want to pause to say welcome to John D., who recently liked the Engaging Missions Facebook page, and also to Roger, Lawana, and Janice. I, I hope I said that I said that right, Janice, who recently subscribed to our email newsletter. And also, Janice, a special thank you to you for responding to that first email that has a question in it. If you would like to also connect on Facebook or get that email newsletter, be sure to stop by engagingmissions.com, where you'll find links for all of that. One more quick pause before we get into our interview, just for some personal stuff. My family and I recently moved to a new, well, a new-to-us house. And we're still just kind of settling in, but I do want to say thank you for your patience and your prayers. I didn't share this really widely before we moved, and those who did know prayed, and I just want to say thank you. With that, we're going to head right into our second interview with Gret Glyer of Donor Seed. I am really excited today to have with us Gret Glyer. It's been a few months since we talked last. He was here and he shared about DonorSea, which is his most recent project. You can find that in episode 153. Since then, he's also appeared in some other shows like the Tom Wood's show, The Kingdom Driven Entrepreneur, and he's also, as I understand it, has something coming up with EO Fire with John Lee Dumas. Now he's back to talk a little bit more about what's going on with DonorSea. So Gret, welcome back to the show.
2: Thanks for having me on, Brian. It's a pleasure to be
3: back.
0: Yeah, I'm, I'm really excited to have you here. So because we talked about some of the, the, your history and some of the things that brought DonorSea about, I didn't want to focus a whole lot there, but I did maybe kind of want to maybe set the stage for people that haven't met you yet or haven't heard your story yet. So can you share with us a little bit about what DonorSea is and how it's different from other platforms like Patreon or GoFundMe or that kind of thing?
2: Sure. So the basic idea, the, the thing that differentiates us from everyone else is visual feedback. So in, in practice, what that means is if you give to GoFundMe or if you give to a charity or something like that, you give to them and then they'll send you a thank you email and you'll never hear from them again. And then what DonorSea does differently is when you give through DonorSea, you will get visual feedback on wherever your money went. So if you give to a girl who needs hearing aids, you will get a video of that girl hearing for the first time. Or if you give to a widow who needs a house, you'll get a video of the construction of the house. Those are the types of visual feedback that we offer whenever you give through our platform.
0: Okay, that's, that's really neat. So now as I'm thinking about that, I, I would imagine that there are probably some people who want to take advantage of a platform like DonorSea, that the, you know, they're looking for an opportunity to connect needs with, with, with donors, but maybe they don't have a whole lot of interest in providing that ongoing feedback. Do you have a way to, that you're able to kind of make sure that the people that sign up to, to bring projects to the table are actually going to go down that path?
2: Yeah, so we have, for everyone who signs up, we offer, we do training with them. So we have like a a series of training videos that we do to make sure that they're both following, they're, they're both like following up on, on the basic component of giving that feedback, but also they're doing a good job of it and they're doing it in a way that's, that is communicating well to the donors. Like everything about what we do, about the platform that we're building is about providing donors with the best possible giving experience. And so the more we, and what we, find is the more that we empower people to provide that visual feedback, the more that keeps donors coming back and telling their friends about it and so forth.
0: That, that's great. And, and I remember now when we were talking last, I believe DonorSea was actually in beta, so it hadn't even launched yet. And so some yeah. of the things that we were talking about, these were great ideas. They seemed like they were catching, you know, catching on, but now it's launched. So are, are you seeing that this is actually what people are wanting? How, how did your launch go? How, how's it coming together?
2: So it's gone very well. I'm trying to let's see. We we probably talked about a month before launch or something like that. And, yeah, yeah. And I think we launched on September 26th officially, and that was when we had all three platforms ready to go. And we've added a, a bunch of features since then and it's gone remarkably well we, the there's a, a bunch of different like statistics I could point to one we 're in almost forty countries right now, so wow. an app that we're, we're four months old and, and we 're in forty different countries i mean it's hard, or almost forty different countries it's hard to hard to even like compre- comprehend how how well, how fast we 've been able to do that we've also had a lot of success with some publicity. You mentioned several of the podcasts we've been on, but we 've also yeah. been written up in USA today and The Huffington Post, <laughs> which I was pretty proud of and the other like the really cool stuff is some of the story the actual stories that are happening on the platform. So a month after we launched in October, Hurricane Matthew hit Haiti and just devastated the coastlines. We're talking about, it looks like a a bulldozer just came in and and leveled the forest and the houses in the area. So I personally went down to Haiti and used Donorsea and raised several thousand dollars to provide Mm. disaster relief to the victims of La Calle, which was the the town got hit. It was a coastal town that that got hit the worst. And we actually, DonerSea, provided disaster relief to those people faster than any other major aid organization. Wow. Yeah, so we've had a bunch of stories like that. And there's stories about, like, you know, girls who have been attacked by a crocodile. And in in the past, they would have not been able to get help. But because there was an aid worker nearby with DonorSea, they were able to help the girl, you know, all sorts of stuff like that. So I, I can't be... Yeah, more thankful for the amount of success we've had so far.
0: Wow, that, that's some really great PR. And those are some really great stories of how, how God's been able to use this kind of thing. As I'm thinking through the launch, though, I would imagine that, you know, a lot of times maybe things don't go exactly as planned. Did you discover any things that could have gone maybe a little bit better?
2: Yeah, all the time. Literally, I mean, <laughs> it's like every day, what's the new, what's the new obstacle? What, one of the, the things that we tried to do is when, when we initially launched, we launched a fairly bare-bones version and, of the app to find out what features people like the most. So like for example, right now, whenever someone posts a project, they say what country they're posting from. But that wasn't a feature that we had the first week that we launched it. Mm-hmm. But we quickly found out, oh, people want to know specifically where they're going, and they want to be able to see a map of the different places and so forth. We also found out that there's people who care about giving money on both a one-time basis but also a recurring basis. Like Sometimes there's these orphanages that, that have like regular upkeep, that's needed and people will like to fundraise money for that so we've added the little features here and there and I mean thankfully th- there's only been a handful of times where you know the, the site goes down or, or or something like that happens but in general we've been very blessed our tech team is is doing a really really good job and the only the only real times when when we have our servers have a hard time is when we get like some really big publicity and a bunch of traffic rushes to the site and, and then everything slows down. The videos don't load as fast and so forth.
0: Okay, yeah. So I, I kind of want to go back for, for our listeners and just kind of camp out on something that you shared for a second because you shared that basically every day you've got some new obstacle or num- some new thing to overcome. And I suspect that for, for you as the listener, it, it's a lot. Of, a lot of times, it might be easier to think, oh, well, you know, a person who, who's a missionary, maybe they have it easier. They're not dealing with the things that I have. Or maybe if you're called into vocational ministry, you're thinking, well, somebody who works a, a regular nine to five, they have it easier. And what I'm hearing from Gret is he's got challenges too. And I, I think that's a good thing for us to remember is that, you know, God's glory is revealed in us when we overcome those kinds of things. Now, Gret, turning back to you, as I think about, you, you just shared a couple things about how people are, you know, doing some new ongoing maintenance at orphanages and things like that. Are there maybe any su- surprising or unusual ways that people have been using? Over- some
2: surprising or unusual ways. I, I have, I have, that's a good question. I think one of the things that I didn't expect to happen so quickly was my vision was, okay, someday I want people to like really do big projects with donor I want people Uh, to like build an orphanage or see a clinic or something like that. But I figured, you know, first it's a new platform. We got to start small, but we actually have I think three people are trying to build like actual physical buildings and wow. there's one girl who she's building an, an orphanage in Uganda and she's actually already raised enough money through DonorSee to to dig out the foundation and so they've dug out the foundation they've started to place the bricks in there just like when I was building out with Girls Shine Academy and they're doing mm-hmm. it in phases and the videos are all posted on DonorSee so seeing some of those Things happened so quickly was really gratifying. I think another thing that was cool was on the cover of CNN a few maybe a, a month ago. There, there were the Gatlinburg fires, and mm-hmm. that's something that's stateside. And you know, most of the projects on, on donor C are overseas, and that's fine. But someone was able to use donor C to provide relief to the victims of the Gatlinburg fire directly, and show how that money was spent, which was I, I thought that was a neat thing. I, I like that. I like that anytime there's a big natural disaster, donor is like right there on the scene uh, making, making an impact. That's a really cool thing that I'm very proud of.
0: Yeah. You know, I I live maybe three or four hours from that. So I I did see that come across. And I'm really glad that you mentioned that because I do think that sometimes we think of these platforms as only giving somewhere other than here. And it's really cool to see that it it comes full circles because we're people with needs too. Now, you you also mentioned, Gret, that you have a team. And I I just kind of wanted to ask the question because maybe people don't know, how is donorcy and how, you know, all the technology, all of the people, all of that stuff, how is it funded?
2: So for the moment, we're venture capital backed. So what that means is we, we raised a series of funding at the very beginning. I, I, I had a prototype of the app and I went to investors and I said, hey, this is an app. I think it has a lot of potential. I'd like to revolutionize what it means to give online. I like to revolutionize charity. I mean, the charitable system is essentially broken and I've spent three years over, overseas. I've seen it firsthand. I want to fix it. And this is how I'd like to do it. And so the investors got excited. They gave me enough money to get to hire my team and, and get started. And so that's how we initially got started, with, with building the platform and so forth. And then the way that we're, we're building up su- to sustainability is through, we, we, take, we have a similar business model to like Kickstarter or GoFundMe, hmm. whereas we take a, a small platform fee for every transaction that goes through on the site. We actually take a smaller platform fee than both Kickstarter and GoFundMe, but that's, that's the idea is to fund it, fund it through, through that model. Okay,
0: yeah, and so with all of this stuff going on, has this then taken your attention and your time away from some of the things that you used to be doing?
2: Yes, absolutely. I mean, I've basically gotten rid of every other obligation I possibly can, so I can focus full-time on donor C. So, you know, I used to, uh, in, in some cases that there, there's a lot of overlap, right? So I, I used to make videos on a regular basis, and now I still make videos, but they're always about C And <laughs> I, I used to work with the World Race, which is a, a really great missions organization. And I used to work for them and do video work for them. And now I don't work for them anymore, but C and the World Race have formed a partnership. So their missionaries are are using the C platform, and we have a, a special agreement worked out with them. So we, in a lot of ways, like all of this stuff I used to work on, still very much a part of it, but now now just doing it in a in a different way
0: okay yeah now i i really love hearing about the partnership that you have with world race and the opportunity that you've given people to invest in this into this project that at the time they basically knew very little about
2: what what kind of challenges are you running into though the biggest challenge that we ran in, ran into recently, and, and we've got a, a petition online, is we've we had worked for a, a long time, just like we worked with the World Race, we worked for a long time trying to get the the Peace Corps to have a, a similar relationship with them because mm-hmm. they, you know, just like the World Race, they have their people out on the field. They are they're like when I mentioned earlier, we had a, a girl who was attacked by a crocodile. That those are the types of stories these Peace Corps workers like talk about all the time. And when we were developing the app, we uh, a lot of it was done based on Peace Corps workers I talked to when I was in Malawi. I mean, there's a ton of Peace Corps workers I was friends with in Malawi. Mm. And so we were really hoping that this would be something that would catch on in the Peace Corps and that they would enjoy using and so forth. And we, we went to their management. And fortunately, instead of working with us or discussing with us, they actually banned our platform, which I found, you know, there's there's various uh, federal regulations that they cited for, for why they're banning it, but ultimately ourselves and several other people feel that it was, it was very unjust. And so we have a petition going on right now to try and overturn that ban. Wow. I,
0: I guess, you know, that, that's a really tough thing. And I kind of want to then go, take that and just kind of tie it back to how you're walking out your faith, because that could be a really easy thing to let really get under your skin and really start to dislike people and, you know, all of the things that go through us naturally. How are you walking through this in terms of trying to, trying to relationship, you know, create that opportunity and also continuing to love people?
2: Yeah. So that's a good question. In all in a ways, you know, it's, it's easier to hate something that's not <laughs> That's not you know a, a person who's standing right in front of you. So it's, yeah. it's always easier to, to to like dehumanize people or things or whatever. On the other hand, I have a, a mentor, and actually it's the the CEO of the World Race. He's he's been my mentor for a long time. Mm. And he one time I remember one time something very frustrating happened to me in my life, and I told him about it, and he could tell I was upset. And he says, you know, Gret, a lot of times when we have these like roadblocks, it's really like an, a a really big opportunity in disguise. And when he said that, it like completely shifted my my frame of mind from that moment on. Cause then I realized whenever there's like something that like I have plans and it, it just gets halted right in my face. And I just think, Oh, this is it. It, actually very well could be an opportunity, like a very big opportunity in disguise. And so that's how I'm choosing to look at it with this Peace Corps situation. So instead of throwing my hands up in the air and giving up, we're doing this petition. And it's actually turning into a lot of really positive publicity for us. Like a lot of people are talking about donors. We've had over 300 people sign the petition in like 24 hours. So that's like a really exciting thing. And then on top of that, I was invited back onto the Tom Woods show. So I'm doing that interview on, on Monday. And I even have a few other journalists who are, are doing a few pieces on this, and like, who knows how much attention it will get? But I, I do remember when something I, I try and think back to is, is back when Uber was someone some city banned Uber at one point, and their user stats went up 800 percent over the weekend because of all of the <laughs> stories that were written about that. So on on the one hand, uh, you know it's frustrating and it's annoying, and I really hope it gets overturned because that it, it really really needs to happen. On the other hand, I'm I'm making the most of it.
0: Hmm. So as we think about this, you know, you've got a challenge in front of you. A lot of us maybe don't know you personally, but how can we help with this situation? How can we partner, see whether it's the petition, you know, what other things can we do as well?
2: The, so Signing the petition really does go a long way. I mean, every single person, every time you sign the petition, I think you have to like put your address down and the reason and stuff. So, g- getting those 300 signatures is actually not as easy as you think. So, yeah. but, like making the effort of actually like signing the petition really does mean a lot to us and really does make a statement. And then the other thing is like asking your friends and sharing it, sharing the petition on Facebook and so forth. And there's a there's a video I made that goes along with it that explains the situation pretty well. So if you want to explain to your friend, exp- explain to your friends real quickly in two minutes, like what's going on. This video does a good job of it. So, so that that's a helpful thing. And then just, I mean, using donor seed, I mean, supporting us just, just by supporting us and the projects on our platform and the, the different missionaries and aid workers we have using the platform. That's always a, a really helpful thing. And you'll personally be blessed by it as well.
0: Yeah. So as I'm thinking about this, I'm going to kind of go back to the tool or the, the platform for just a second, because, you know, every time something new comes out, there's almost always something that doesn't work as planned, or you don't get to build everything that you'd hoped. You know, it doesn't matter how much you test, there's always some kind of gap. So what are some of the gaps that you're planning on fixing in the next few months?
2: Yeah, so we, we have different stages. When, whenever we have a certain number of users, are platform is going to operate differently. So when we had our, our first thousand users, it's going to look differently than this new phase that we're in, where we're starting to get a few thousand users and so forth. So as as we get more people on the platform it's going to have to behave differently. One of the things that we're adding, hopefully any day now, but these things always take longer than you want them to, is we're adding a search function. We're also we add, we're adding a lot of social proof, so there's a lot of a lot mm-hmm. more like showing people who have who have donated and showing profiles in the actual feed. We're also like really going to push people to use video as much as possible. That's like a big thing. And also building out each missionaries profile right now you can have a bio and you can see how much money they've raised and a few other things but we re- really want to build that out to to show like who it, who is who are the people behind the projects that you're giving to because w- one of the things that's really really cool to see is for everyone for all of our users who give to to at least two projects on, on average they're giving to four different missionaries so the people who give give a lot mm-hmm. and that's been a cool thing to see they they like giving and they come back and they tell their friends about it and we're we're really grateful for that
0: I, I'm just, just, it's just—it's taken me a second to kind of think through that. So, if if somebody gives to at least two projects, there's a much higher probability that they're giving to four or more. Is that what I think I just heard you say?
2: Exactly. Yeah, and we have—we've have people who have given to over fifty projects. I mean, we have people who wow. really use this app like a crazy amount. So, we're we're really grateful for that. <laughs>
0: Well, that, that's great. So you know, one of the things I was wanting to ask, and I'm not sure if I can because there's a, there's a time lag between when we're recording and when we're publishing, and I was going to ask if there's an underfunded project that, you'd le- that people should pay attention to, but maybe is, are there maybe a couple of key users that if somebody hasn't checked out DonorSea, they might want to see what they're doing to maybe just understand what the platform does better?
2: Yeah, so I I would always point people to the staff picks section. So whenever you you hop on the platform, everything on the front page where it says staff picks, anything there is stuff that we have pre-vetted, and we have a relationship with the people who are posting on on those, and, and we know that your money, we can guarantee that your money is going to the right place. Anyone can use the platform to fundraise through their friends and family, but the one the projects on the staff pick section are things that you can that you can give to. And I I do if I if there's one. You know, everyone loves giving to the small stuff, but one of the really cool things that has has gone viral in the last in the last week is is that orphanage I told you about. Mm. It's a girl named Kristen Johnson, and she's building this orphanage in Uganda called Little Hands of Hope. And she posts videos all the time, and she's got probably a hundred people who have given to the project already. And you want to give to it, you want to give to it, you know, as soon as you can because then you start getting the updates. Free, like every few days, she's like, "All right, the you know, we we just laid the brick and we just." we just laid the cement and all this other stuff. And it's very exciting. And you'll get to see this orphanage go up in real time and then see these kids move in and see their lives transformed over the years. And it's going to be a very powerful thing. And it's one of my favorite projects on DonorSea. So I encourage as many people to get involved in that as possible.
0: That's great. If you could challenge us, people listening to your voice right now, to do one thing in the next seven days, what would you challenge us to do and why?
2: I would say, you know, you it's... <laughs> Americans, I, I've talked about this so many times, Americans are are, are wealthy and they're privileged. And even if you, even if you're, you think that you're not, there's a, a good chance that the only reason you think that is because you're comparing yourself to people who are immediately around you. But when you compare yourself in a more global perspective, you're very, very well off. And I, I, that's something I can almost guarantee you. There's, there's, there might be a few exceptions, but if you're listening to this podcast, probably on your iPhone, you're probably very well off in, from a global perspective. So what I would challenge you is it's, it's easy to give Money off the top of you know you 've got it 's like you 've got a hundred percent of your money and you can live off of twenty percent of it and it 's easy to give you know the top ten percent because that's that 's just mm. you know it makes no difference it 's hard to give money that when a sacrifice is involved, right, so like when was the last time someone gave up a vacation in order to sacrificially like provide something for for another person so i 'm not telling anyone to give up, give up a vacation, mm. but do something sacr do something sacrificial i don 't care if you do it on donor see this is like for you you personally may, maybe like something involved in your own community or something like that, whatever it is give Give in a way that, that requires sacrifice. That, that would be my challenge to your listeners sometime in the next seven days. Well,
0: that's, that's great. And my challenge to you as listeners would be to go check out DonorC in the next 24 hours. Go, just stop by DonorSea.com and check it out if you haven't already. And then stop by the show notes. And my plan is to have a little petition that if you want to join in that, you can. Now, Gret, I do want to say thank you. And I, I really appreciate this. This has been wonderful. Thanks so much for being with us.
2: Oh, my pleasure. Thank you so much.
0: I'd like to take just a minute to tell you about another podcast that I think that you should check out. If you enjoy the Engaging Missions show, you definitely want to check out the Foundational Missions Leadership Moment with Scott McClelland. He's been a guest on the show, he's a friend of the show, and he's just recently finished up a series where he was on location in Thailand talking with some missionaries there about leadership. I thought it was a really, really interesting discussion. You can check that out at fxmissions.com. I think it's worth worth your time to at least give it a second to check it out. When we left Brian Hogan last, he had just discovered that the embassy so that he could enter Mongolia was closed for a national holiday. So now the question becomes what comes next? Let's join Brian Hogan as he's reading from his book. There's a sheep in my bathtub.
3: I was stunned. We had with some difficulty purchased tickets to fly into Ulaanbaatar. Mongolia's capital city, the next day. We couldn't afford to stay any longer than two nights at the Hotel Dongfang, and we had no way of contacting our friends in Mongolia to tell them we would be arriving late. Stalling for time to sort out my thoughts, I blurted, What national holiday? She answered it was the week-long festival called Sagansar, the herdsman's new year. I held down the talk button and quickly maintained that we couldn't wait for Wednesday, since we had non-exchangeable tickets on Miat, the national airline. Sir, I am sorry, but the ambassador is celebrating the holiday and will be indisposed until Wednesday. He cannot issue any visas until then. I was crushed, but I really had no alternative, so I kept begging her to make an exception. I told this lady all about my three small daughters who at seven, four, and almost two years old couldn't stand outside in this bitter cold. The girl's staccato complaints through chattering teeth in the background helped our cause. I wished I could hold them up to a security camera and show her their frost-nipped cheeks and runny noses. It worked. Asians have a wonderful soft heart toward children, and especially larger families. Okay, go back to your hotel and telephone at two o'clock in the afternoon. Perhaps the ambassador will be awake and able to help you then. I thanked her profusely and pushed back out through the crowd to Louise and the girls. I was praising God for this new hope, but Louise was discouraged by the news, and the exhaustion and strain of moving a family of five into the unknown was clear on her face.
0: So Brian now knows what national holiday is creating some problems with him, but that doesn't mean the story's done just yet. So let's come back next week when we'll hear a little bit more about the saga of Brian and his family getting into Mongolia so they can accomplish what God had called them to do. I'd like to say one more huge thank you to Brian Hogan for making his book available to us free of charge. He didn't have to do that, and I really appreciate it. The book was narrated by the author at Voice of the Martyrs Studios, and my friend Jeff Butterworth, who actually helps out with this podcast, did some of the final mixing and mastering to get it ready to go. If you have a book that you would like to make available as an audiobook, I'd recommend that you connect with Jeff Butterworth at soundparadigmstudio.co or send me an email at feedback at engagingmissions.com so that we can start that conversation. And if you'd like to get a copy of Brian Hogan's book for free, visit engagingmissions.com slash free book and select There's a Sheep in My Bathtub as your very first download when you try out Audible's service. Again, that's engagingmissions.com/slash free book.
1: Here's a taste of what's coming up on the Engaging Missions Show.
2: One challenge I kind of went through was last semester I had two of my most fruitful disciples that I've spent a lot of time pouring into, and they both they both moved away. One moved down south, he dropped out of, out of school and started working, and the other one transferred schools. And so when I came back to school over the summer, I was I was pretty bummed. I was like, God, I put all this energy and time into these two guys, and now they moved away, but I know you're using them where, where they are at now. Um, but it just, it was kind of difficult for me, but then I realized that, you know, God had different plans for them, and they're being used now at different schools, and using them to reach their schools now. And and then uh, I have more time now to go pour to other guys now.
1: If you enjoyed that, you won't want to miss a single episode of the Engaging Missions show. Subscribe in iTunes or Stitcher to have it delivered automatically. Visit engagingmissions.com slash subscribe. That's engagingmissions.com slash subscribe.
0: We're going to take a minute also to learn a little bit more about our Muslim neighbors. I'm drawing from resources that are made available by Global Initiative. I am also in the middle of a fundraiser for them. If you'd like to find out more about how you can help provide materials like this or are so much more in terms of training and things like that, visit engagingmissions.com fund 16 to find out more about that. Now, last time we talked, we were looking a little bit about some of the heritage or the, the history of Muslims. We, we also talked a little bit about the need to share the gospel with them and that a lot of missionaries actually avoid them. This week, we're going to take that a little bit further because instead of being evangelized, many times Muslims are actually evangelizing. They're sending thousands of missionaries to preach the message of their prophet Muhammad. Saudi Arabia has given millions of dollars to promote Islam in America. There are mosques in major cities, some of them costing millions and millions of dollars. Uh, We also have in New Mexico, the site of one of, of America's first all-Muslim community. Uh, there are a whole lot of these kinds of things going on, and the growth rate of Islam has actually been heightened by some of the magazines that are going on. In England, now we see more than 300 closed churches that have been converted to mosques. Muslims expect their religion to have the highest number of adherents worldwide because, they say, Islam is best suited to solve the problems of all areas. If human civilization is to be preserved from destruction, then Islam is the only religion for the world tomorrow. Islam is considered by them the universal message of peace for this world and the next. We're going to pause right there, and I want to say that I'm not sharing this to... Promote anger or fear or anything. I'm actually just trying to share a little bit about the landscape and the need that's out there to share the love of Christ with our Muslim neighbors. This could be over the fence in the backyard. This could be walking the dog. This could be a co worker. This could be somebody that you meet in the store. We need to take the opportunity to share Christ's love and to share the kingdom with them. With that, we're going to pause. And I do want to say, One more time, a special thank you to Global Initiative for making their resources available. They've done this absolutely free. They've given us permission to use these, and I really appreciate it because I believe that God is moving and wants us to be part of what he's doing in the earth, and I'm just thankful for these resources. If you do want to be part of that fundraiser, I'm believing God for $4,000 to help promote all of the things that they have going on there, the trainings that they do, the traveling that they do, and the resources that they make available for the body of Christ to be equipped to
1: do this. Thanks to Gret Glyer for being with us. To Brian Hogan for making his book available. Global Initiative for making their resources available to us for free. And most of all to you for joining us. Show notes, as always, are available at engagingmissions.com. This time, use slash Gret Glyer two. That's G-R-E-T-G-L-Y-E-R and the number two. That's where you'll find ways to comment, connect, share, and be a part of what you're listening to. Make sure you come back next week. We'll be hearing from Braden Olson about Dorm Church and what God is doing on a college campus in Florida. The best way to make sure you don't miss any of our episodes is to subscribe using your favorite podcast app. Visit EngagingMissions.com slash subscribe. And if you have a story of how you've been equipped, challenged, or inspired through the Engaging Missions show, please let us hear from you. We'd love to. Send an email to feedback at EngagingMissions.com. Thanks for listening to the Engaging Missions show. You can find more great content like this along with show notes by visiting engagingmissions.com or by subscribing to the show in iTunes or Stitcher. Thanks so much for joining us. We'll be back next week.